Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief. Uh, we just finished our 37th-ish Bush League draft, and I think it was the funnest draft I ever had. I, I would have to agree with that. And I am the Champ, and I am just so happy that we are beyond draft season and headed for a full season of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, did you have a good time Saturday? You know what? I, I had a great time from the time that we got there um, at 11 until um, I think um, we probably ended the day uh, with, with pizza, wings, and some beer um, at 11 o'clock at night. That whole draft was just fun. The site was, uh, was very nice. Um, it was a beautiful day. And we had um, the Bush League version of an Easter egg hunt. We do? Yeah, we did. Remember the uh, the alcohol? Oh um, yeah, you bunch um, of pack run of, into the uh, yeah pack of hyenas coming after me. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> how, how about you? How did you like the draft? I loved it. I I thought it was great. It was well, we hadn't seen each other for a year. Uh, like yep. obviously, you've seen Bill probably, and and Tom and Bob have seen each other. Case and I have seen each other, but uh, uh, I think Bob Kirk and I have seen each other. But as a group, we have not seen each other in a year, and I think it was good. Although we we had uh, a little missteps in the draft, uh, lack of attention to detail, uh, which I'm going to I'm going to attempt to right a wrong here. I, I drafted Jonathan India. I stole him right out from under Tom's nose. Um, we put him into a uh, a position he didn't qualify for. So I just offered Tom the trade for I'm going to give up Jonathan India, and he's going to give me Asan Diaz if he wants to do the deal that was the guy he picked uh because i stole india off of him so uh we'll see if we can write that wrong uh, I, I thought it was an easy fix because they were the last two players in the draft chosen so uh, i think it's an easy one and then uh, wow good that was, that's actually good that's actually good um by by you i don't think anybody would have complained and and i think you know we get down to that the end of the regular um auction before we go into the reserve rounds and I, I think other people are just either fried. They were either going to get their rooms or, you know, already looking into uh, their reserve picks. So, so um, yeah, that was a complete whiff by, by the league. Yeah, and then we had another lack of attention to detail with, uh, with the Rebel, Rebel Alliance. He chose Scott Kingry, stuck him in the outfield spot, but he doesn't qualify for an outfield spot, which I was really surprised. He only played nine games last year in the, in the outfield. So um, he, he's going to be down a person – um, to start the first four days, and he needs to pick up an outfielder to plug in. Although I think Kingry just got sent down to the minors, so it really doesn't matter. He would have had an empty spot anyway. It, it, it doesn't. And, and you know what? In, in fairness to Sam, we originally talked about if we prorated um, games played based upon 2019's uh, qualifications, it would have been seven, and then we decided just to keep it at ten for last year and this year. So there could have been some confusion there. Um, either way, like you said, the fact that Kingery got sent down really doesn't matter all that much. So what it just means is that it just puts a little bit of pressure on him to go get an outfielder in Fab this weekend. So real quick, did did you pick Johnny Cueto this year? <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. But um, when we talk to our, our guest today, we can ask him if he if he got him. Because I, I think we set a Bush League uh, draft record. I think that guy was selected 12 times. <laughs> so, 
Uh, anyway, I, I got to tell you, in in terms of things that happen in the Bush League, there's usually a couple every year that will always stick out um, and will always bring up, and that's going to be one of them. Yeah, and and there's that quote I had written down. I don't I don't remember who said it. I, I but it was uh, what was it? Yeah, hold on. The quote that I heard was, "For God's sake, let me help you," and I'm not sure <laughs> who said it. But I think it's one of the greatest quotes I've heard in the 37 years we've been doing this. <laughs> How was it said? Were they, were they just exasperated? Exasperated. Who, who said that? I don't remember with, saying it. With a hint of sarcasm, frustration, um, <laughs> almost in a belittling way. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That, that really sounds like something I would say. Yeah, I I probably think you did say it, but I scribbled something to the left of it as a note, but I can't read it. So <laughs> that and my mother would tell me because my poor handwriting, and I'll take my time. So well, it, it, since since we're headed down that path, um, I, I I thought one of the great quotes was, and if you remember this, uh, Sam um, said, "I got the crown," and he held up something in yes. his hands. But yeah. we'll just leave that alone. We'll stop right there with yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, but I, I thought it was fun. Uh, that was, there's a, a lot of funny, funny items that, that happened, uh, in the six, 10 hours we were there. I don't, God, I don't even know how long we were there. Um, it was long. Hey, so, the site really did a nice job too with the room in terms of social distancing, making sure we had all the equipment there, yeah. uh, just room to spread out. That was probably, I mean, it's bigger than anybody's, um, living room or family room could have been. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, and I, I was comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I thought everything was really good. I, though if we did it again within two years, we're gonna have to move up closer to the screen because there's a lot of complain, <laughs> a lot of complaining from the back row from my left and right. But the guys my age, I think Case and Sam were fine, but the guys to my left and right were complaining a lot. They couldn't. See oh, okay. So yeah. let, let, let's 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 call them out by name. That was that was Bob Kirk and and Rick. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Bob Bob Kirk actually had glasses on. Um, my, my sense is he probably needs a stronger prescription, so he should go see his his uh, his eye doctor. And I don't think Rick had glasses on, did he? No, but they both squint. So. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if come on, you know, you know, get with it. Stop with the vanity and uh, get your glasses on. That's right. <laughs> Stop with the vanity. All right, all right. So uh, we got a guess on owner of the uh, Mighty Ducks. Casey, with us. Yes, I am. What's going on, guys? Nothing. Hey, Casey. Thanks for uh, coming back on uh, again uh, today because for some reason uh, yep. nothing recorded yesterday. Um, Happy to be on. So a uh, couple things we, we had talked a little bit yesterday, uh, two $4 players. Uh, again, what, what was your strategy with, with you spent you spent uh, 405 for Freeman and 420 for Betts? Yeah, so – Going into the draft and looking at, like, just player lists, like draft lists and whatnot, I mean, it was easy to see that people's – this may be relative to other people's opinions, but from mine, it looked like eight out of the top 12 guys were already, like, on rosters going into the draft. So I really wanted to take a stand and kind of – not really care about money i just really cared about getting two out of the top four guys left and 
in my opinion, I was looking at them as two of the top five players in the National League in general. So I figured if I paid up for these two guys, I put myself in a good position if I if I draft well the rest of the way. But yeah. having two top five, top ten players is a good place to start, and I wasn't really concerned with the money when yeah. it came to that. Yeah, I, I get that, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, Jamie had talked, uh, and I talked a little bit offline that uh, – there's some price inflation, especially with those top guys. Yeah. Definitely, and yeah. I think a lot of that had to do with the the lack of top guys. Yeah. So going and, into the draft, I kind of figured, like, okay, prices are going to be inflated. I'd rather pay normal prices for these top two guys rather than inflated prices for middling guys. Sure. So. Yeah, 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 I get that. Um, did So Freeman and Betts were in that group of people, were they your main guys or were they just in that group of people and you're okay if you got like Lindor or Harper or Turner? Yeah, so I was no doubt going to get either two of Freeman, Best, and Lindor. Okay, all right. Those yeah. were the guys that I considered to be the top three. All right. Yeah, and um, I mean, look at what Betts and Freeman did last year. They're certainly worth that salary. I think so. I, yeah. I think in maybe I paid ten cents too much for bets, but Freeman at four oh five, it's not unreal for guys to go between four and four fifteen. So, yeah, no, you, you're right. There's always one or two of them. This year, I think is a little different because we have so many top offensive players being retained, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I think you and I talked. I think after this year and next year, all that will reset because all those guys will will have to go back into the pool. Bellinger comes yeah. back next year. Bell comes back next year. Um, Acuna will probably come back next year. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he'll be retained for three fifty. But um, Yelich comes back next year, uh, and then after that, then you have the other guys uh, such as Tatis. Uh, you know, right. Yeah, it, it'll all reset and, and salaries will drop a little bit because there's more more out there. Um, you you retained uh, Luis Castillo and Soroka. Yep. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, um, he, that was the other highest paid pitcher. Uh, wh- what do you like about Carrasco? Uh, I don't necessarily like a lot about him. Uh, there's definitely some injury risk. He hasn't pitched a full season in, I think, three years. Uh, but with that said, because of the fact that I paid so much money for Betts and uh, Freeman, I didn't really have the luxury of paying up for DeGrom or yeah, right. Kershaw or Nola, those guys. So I really was eyeing up two... Uh, middle-priced guys in Carrasco and May that I thought that I could get for cheaper later in the draft, and it it turned out to be that way. I may have paid a little more than I would have liked for Carrasco, but at that point in time, most people's rosters, pitching spots were completely filled, and I only had two guys in there, so I needed to kind of take a risk. And I, I said I don't necessarily love a lot about Carrasco, there's a lot of upside for him to be a, a really solid pitcher. So looking at it that way, I think it was a risk I needed to take based on the rest of my team. Yeah, and they and they, I think they're going to have a pretty decent team. 
Like I don't think they're gonna the Mets are gonna be horrible. No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. And and hey, can I can yeah, I ahead, jump Jamie. in here? Yeah. I wanna I wanna disagree with Casey. I don't think you had to take Carrasco because if you remember, it was you and I bidding <laughs> on him because you're you're absolutely right. We were at the same place in terms of pitching almost everybody else. Yes. Had their rosters filled and it was just you and I bidding and I brought him up and I kind of miscalculated, didn't really look at your pitching, and you had a lot of money left, and you were just going to outbid me. And um, yeah. so I, I think that's, you know, hopefully he gets back on the mound sometime in April, and, and I think that he, he has a lot of upside for the price that you paid. Yeah, I, I think so. Hopefully. I mean, he has a history of being really good. So. Yeah. And, he has, and he's had some time off here the past couple of years, so hopefully that does fit him well. So then the other guy, uh, it, I mean, it, and those who don't understand an auction, you know, sometimes prices are misleading, but uh, 330 for Jeff McNeil, but I really think that was kind of where he came up in the draft and there were some people with some money. Uh, so it kind of probably had three or four guys into a bidding war on that. Um, are you happy with McNeil? Yeah, McNeil is someone that I was targeting the whole way. Uh, he was the next guy I was targeting aside from the two top guys that I got. And the reason being for that, I think he plays every day. He has really good counting. At the end of the year, his counting stats are going to be up there with not like Betts, Freeman, Yelich type players, but the next tier of guys, he's going to be right up there. Uh, he's just really consistent offensively. And I had him marked as a guy who I would be willing to pay 384 this specific season because of the inf inflation that I was assuming would happen. So in my eyes, I paid for 50 cents less than what I was willing to pay for. So that's a win for me. And again, that's specific to the year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you picked up uh Brian Hayes for $1.90. It's a nice little selection. Yeah. He he was another guy that I was looking to get if it was under $2 because I'm looking at it as if he has an awesome year, the retention there is only 10 more cents. So, Okay. All right. Um, Jamie, any other thoughts? Um, no, I, I like the analysis that, that Casey had. Um, uh, he's absolutely right. I, I think he got uh, in the, I guess, two previous podcasts we had talked about uh, of the 12 top players, eight or nine being retained. And two of them were, were Freeman and, and Betts. And, um, yeah, I like the fact that Casey had that in his plan. Um, he got them early on. And then you, you actually were hanging around the $17, $18 mark, I think, when everybody else was down into single digits. It was you and Bill with yep. um, lots of money. And Bill kind of retained his. And then you went on a buying spree. And I, I think you kind of planned this out. I think, I think you executed a plan. Is, is that true, as much as you can? I uh, yeah, and I hope that this can happen again. It's never happened to me before in any auction draft. But honestly, my <laughs> plan pretty much went about ninety-five percent, is how I was hoping it would go. Wow, wow, that's yeah. really. And, and one of the things that um, I'm, I'm looking at here that we didn't talk about is you got uh, I think it's Stefan Crichton for twenty-five cents uh, yep. the Diamondbacks. Um, yep. if, if he closes, that's going to turn out to be a really good, uh, really good pickup. Yeah, I'm hoping that he, he does. I, I took a big risk with my relief pitchers in hoping that the three guys I got would be the guys that would maybe could creep up to the 20-save mark. 
And that, I mean, that's so hard to tell going into a season, especially how the game is played nowadays. But I just figured I'd take a risk there on some cheap guys with a lot of potential. I think you almost have to with relievers. And Roger had mentioned this before, that there are very few teams that have um, announced closers. A lot of teams are going to closers by committee. And if you can hit on one of these players, um, it's it's worth it. Yeah, I I agree. And I just figured for for that price tag, the risk was low on my end, the price risk. So. Okay. I saw other people doing the same thing. There was a few other guys that I had on my list there that were taken for pretty cheap as well. So there's maybe two or three more of those guys floating around the teams throughout the league that have that same upside. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see how that pans out. Yeah, right. For, for everyone, not just myself. Yeah, I think I have one of those guys too in Hector Nares. Just to see <laughs> yeah, if I could squeeze 15 out of him. Yeah. Um all right, yeah, good, man. Uh, and thanks for coming on with us. Um, it, you know, it should be a fun season, and uh, it, we'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I would just, if you guys don't mind me saying one more thing, it's more of a question. Sure. Um, I, I said, we all have our plans going in, um, but there's a specific player that just wasn't on my radar that everyone seemed to be really – like drawn to and Johnny Cueto and I was just wondering if there was anything I missed. If you guys knew something that I didn't know, I don't think you missed anything. I, I think uh, I, I think I think you're better off with Christian. That's what I yeah. And Discofini. Um he was actually picked twelve times by the same owner. I think. Yeah, I was blown away. I yeah. was like, what? I was scrounging my notes, seeing if there was just something going on that I wasn't seeing. Maybe a different spelling. Like a different Johnny Cueto? Yeah. Um, I wonder if it was his son or what was going on. <laughs> he ended up going to the Rebels so um, for 15 cents, and then he was picked uh, seven other times after that. So the dark horse of the league this year. <laughs> Watch that guy win 18 games. That'd be a <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah, thank you, Casey. All right. See you. Hey, hey, Raj, 48 yeah. hours later, and I'm still cracking it's, up. Uh, I know. Casey set that up perfectly. I didn't know where he was headed with that. Yeah. That was hilarious. That yeah. was really good. All right, so uh, a couple questions I had just in general of guys we've spoken about uh, um, in the off offseason uh, and during yeah. last season. Um, uh, let, let's just start with Mike Yastrzemski. All right, so and people got on me a little bit for banging on Tom about, you know, when Tom said um, – when I said, I think Yastrzemski is overperforming, and he said, well, I don't think he's overperforming. And then I would say, like, well, do you think he's a top 10 offensive player in the league? And he kind of backed off of that a little bit. And I said, you know, what would you pay for him in a regular draft? And he, he was noncommittal, but he kept saying that he was a good player. He liked him. He's hitting. He's at that age, yada, yada, yada. So I have the third, you know, I, I, I was third in the in the rotation. Nomination. Right, right. Yep. I brought up Mike Kostremski for a nickel. And by the time it got to Tom, he was out. He never bid on the guy. And I think it was at a buck sixty-five. Um, you ended up paying two dollars for him. Is that where you thought he would be? Or he should be? Um, yes. 
Um, given two things. Number one uh, was, as Casey had talked about, was the price inflation um, with offensive players that had already been taken either through retention or um, a little bit earlier, not too much earlier, or knowing which players were going to go. Um, I, and, and, yeah, I, I said that I would probably go to $2 in a previous podcast. And I think that AT&T Park um, is playing a little bit more neutral than a pitcher's park. And I, I hope that he can perform up to his um, 20 game, or excuse me, his 60 games that he played in in 2020. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then the other guy uh, we had t- kicked around, uh, who wasn't, who who you were going to try to retain, but he wasn't eligible to be retained and whatever. Uh, Alex Reyes went for 60 cents. Did, were you in on that bid or no? Um, I think I, I was in for one round, and then, yeah. and then I dropped out because okay. yeah. um, m- the idea for me was that I already had two relievers yeah. in Hicks and, and Hayter, and I, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on sure. uh, on, on, um, on relievers. Yeah, plus it would have been nice if you had them as an oyster where you're not paying for them. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I guess that goes yeah. into it psychologically, sure. Yeah, where you're just like, ah, it's a safety net just in case. Um, now, now, having said that, though, don't be surprised if if um, Alex Reyes gets somewhere between 80 and 100 uh, strikeouts, has a below three ERA, and picks up somewhere between six and ten wins in in his role. Yeah, no, I I I get it. Yeah, it's just you know whether you have the luxury of carrying that, yeah, um, on your roster at any time. Uh, and then the other question I have for you, uh, Kershaw, you bought for three bucks. Um, did, were you in like a bidding war with this guy? Was there a couple owners going after him? Uh, there were, and there, there wasn't much. I, I want to say Scherzer was off the board at that time. Um, DeGrom, um, yeah, who was, was in, yeah. in my estimation, was the best NL pitcher, um, was already off the board. And I needed that uh, starting pitcher, that SP1. And I really thought that his value was around $2.50, not $3.00. But I, I felt that I really needed to get him. And once I did get him at $3, which was overpaying, I didn't pick up another um, pitcher, starting pitcher, until very late in the draft. And that ended up being a uh, injured pitcher in Zach Gallen. Yeah, though he's, he's a pretty good pitcher, though. Yeah. No, he is. He's, yeah. he's a very yeah. good pitcher. Yeah. I just hope his, his injury stemmed from um, a batting injury, not yeah. pitching. Yeah. Um, not to say that it can't affect it, but – uh, I'm hoping that he's back uh, mid to late April. Uh, yeah. All right. And that, that seems reasonable because I think it's a hairline fracture, which is, you know, I mean, you, you never want a fracture, but if you ever have one, that's probably the best one to have. Um, and then the other the other pitcher that you and I got into was Car- <laughs> Carlos Martinez. Uh, I think we were the only ones for most of the, most of the bidding. Uh I ended up getting for a buck forty. I felt like I was going to go to one fifty. Then I was I was going to drop out. Uh, I guess one forty was your max. Yeah, I really didn't want. I didn't think he was going to go that high. Yeah, and, I. You know, I, I I was really hoping that you would just drop out. That you were just kind of playing around. But you were you were kind of serious about him. Did did the price that you paid the dollar forty did it have anything to do with recency bias? Um, in, in his last outing, I think he went five shutout innings or something like that. Is, is, is that why you paid, or 
is it based upon what you had previously seen with him that this is going to be the year that he really puts it all together? Well, I think you and I have talked about with this guy. We're we're waiting for that one year. Now, he had a pretty good year. I, I, think, I don't know if I had him or you had him where he won 17, 18 games. He was pretty consistent for most of the year. Um, and then he kind of dropped off. He back in the bullpen. He got banged up a little bit. I, I mean, I think the guy's a really good pitcher if he can keep his stuff together. I don't, I don't mean pitching stuff. I mean mentally, because uh, I think he kind of tanks it at times. Um, but I just, I just like watching the guy pitch. And unfortunately, he's a guy you never want to watch pitch if he's on your team. I, I would agree with that, having seen a lot of the Cardinals games. But here, here's some fun facts for you. From 2015, when he really entered the uh, the rotation through 2019, let's discount last year, he's never had an ERA above 3.64. I mean, here's his here's those, that five year period. You ready? Yeah. 3.01, 3.04, 3.64, 3.61, 3.17. So if he performs to the, that level, then the dollar for that you paid is is a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just like him. You know what I mean? You, you always have players that you like, that you think. I just think he's cool. You know, remember the one year he came out with the yellow hair or something? So, he's so it, crazy. It's interesting to hear you say that because as a Cardinal fan, I really like him. Um, I can see where he would be very maddening um, if, you know, you're rooting against the Cardinals. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just like that kind of personality in him. I, yeah, I think he's a good dude, and I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about him personally, obviously, but uh, I, I, I like, I like his style. He's and he's got the stuff to be a really good pitcher. He's he's got that. So, um, all right. Uh, any other surprises as we walk, as as we, you know, two days removed from this draft that stuck out? Well, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at my draft, and um, I picked up Josh Lindblom for 15 cents and I, I really looking at the draft board I really should have gotten Johnny Cueto for 15 cents but <laughs> I didn't know that he actually was drafted so I, I missed out on that yeah right you did miss out on that um uh yeah I I guess a, a, another surprise um well I I don't, I don't know if it's a surprise but uh I I thought Trey Turner at four bucks is a lot but he's he can he can rack up some numbers. Well, you know, Tom is is married to him. Yeah. Um, both Bill and I, when when Turner came up, we were like, oh, well, Tom's going to get him. It's just a matter at what price is he going to pay for yeah. Trey Turner? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in in an actual in an actual draft versus an auction, um, I, I I think he's probably first round uh, oh, yeah. in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, he's a top ten player because what all the numbers that that he that he can develop, uh, generate. Um, and then the other one I thought was was uh, maybe a little high, I don't know, uh, that bias for 250. He he's kind of like Carlos Martinez where he can he can she should be an MVP candidate every year, but he just can't seem to put everything together at once. Um, it, the Rebel Alliance picked up him and and Bryant and then I thought uh, Corey Seager was a good pick. I think this is this is his walk year. Um, and usually guys like he, he seems to be coming into his own with Corey Seager. Um, I would agree with you, um, about Seager and if he can translate his postseason success into yeah. regular season and stay healthy, I think that's fine. 
Um, I think Sam was able to take some some chances in this draft, you know, yeah. because of the fact that he was able to retain uh, Ozzy Albies at a dollar, Pete Alonso at fifty cents. That gave him, you know, um, some extra money to go after a, a hobby bias at two fifty. You know, looking at the biases past that, that looks a little bit pricey, but certainly he has that talent to to be worth to be able to get some value out of that price. Yeah, yeah, he he sh- he should perform with better numbers than than w- what he does, and I, I just, for some reason he's just not very consistent. Um, and then overall, I I think we have a couple teams with some pretty solid starting pitching, mostly the stat men with Urias, Flaherty, Degrom. If Morton can muster up a fourteen win season with a really good Brave team, that that's that's a nice pick. And then Strasburg, if he can hang in there. Um, with a pretty, I mean, I don't think Washington's horrible. Um, so he, he should be pretty good and, and rack up some strikeouts. And then with, uh, the Lakers, uh, free Darvish, Galsman, Ian Anderson, and Scherzer as the top four starting pitching, I, I think that's, that's pretty solid as well. Um, and then the Rebel Alliance with Bauer, Bueller, Aaron Nola, Paddock, uh, as their top four. Uh, the other, Drew Smiley, you never know what you get with him. Arietta could be on the downside. And then the the, the famous Johnny Cueto uh, to round out his starting <laughs> staff. Um, yeah, but we had some had some uh, uh, some some teams that have some really solid um, really solid starting pitching. Yeah, I, you know, the more and more I kind of analyze this draft, that's why we need to get to to regular season because that's all I'll do over the next. Three days is it looks like there's there's teams that have some strong pitching, there's teams that have some strong hitting, and then there's teams like uh, the Sewer Hawks who who seem to be coming into the season seem to be the favorite, and I don't think that they hurt themselves during the draft. You? No, I I, I think Bob did pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean he walked in with some stuff <laughs> that that always helps. Uh, when you walk in with Acuna and, and Tatis, and you only spend three and a quarter, which literally he, that he could have spent uh, upwards of six fifty-seven dollars on. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and he had he had Kettle Marte. Um, he, I mean, CJ Crone could give him some some RBIs out in Colorado. Uh, of course, Max Muncy's a good hitter. Uh, Fam at two thirty-five. Hopefully, he can you know stay in the lineup and play every day. And I mean, they 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 got some. Their outfield's kind of packed, but um, he's he should play every day. So yeah, uh, offensively, I think he's in good shape. And uh, it was funny, you know, he the, during the offseason, uh, he couldn't figure out if he could keep uh, Corbin Burns, and he wasn't allowed to keep him. He was trying to keep him for a quarter. He ended up paying two forty five for the guy. Um, but if he can get a good year out of him and Alcantara, and you had it with Woodruff and Pablo Lopez, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's in pretty good spot there. Yeah, um, I, I, I think he, I, I think he would be the favorite. He's he's a little bit light on on, on saves. Yeah. Um, uh. You know, if I if I look at that, he's probably bottom division in in terms of saves. But he he's so good in in the offensive categories, he can certainly make up for that. Um, let's put it this way: let's put a little of pressure on Bob Clark and say it's really um, his to lose. Uh, that's probably correct. Yeah, I would I would say that it's his to lose. 
Hey, yeah. what do you think about let, – let, let's, if, if you don't mind, let's jump to the dude vitamins because they have a really good uh, retention. And then in, in, in the, the, uh, the auction, he picked up, um, he picked up uh, Francisco Lindor at, at 410 and Blake Snell at, at 280 uh, along with Sonny Gray at 220. Um, when you take a look at his team, um, what do you think his chances are? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's, I think he's got some guys that, um, if they produce like they're supposed to, like his retention, Keston Jura, Machado, uh, Soto, Castellano, um, he, he, he's in a pretty good spot offensively. He just needs everybody else to, to, uh, play normal. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, Will Myers is a guy that had a really good year last year. And I, I'm always afraid of that guy. Like I've had him in the past. Um, there's there's years where he plays really well. There's years where he just he hits two twenty. Uh, and the same with Jock uh, Will, Peterson. Will Myers is kind of like Slim Shady, right? With the real Will Myers, please stand up. <laughs> yeah, and and he's been like that his whole career, and I, that's why I think he gets traded a lot. And Peterson's the same way. If he can keep those strikeouts down, he'll definitely stay in the lineup, and um, yeah, that that'll help him. Uh, yeah, so with, with, um, Josh is starting pitching, uh, Snell, uh, Sonny Gray are, are solid. Uh, he, he needs a good year out of Eflin and yes. he needs Mike Moore, Matt Moore to not replicate 2016 or 15 or whatever he has at <laughs> seven, but he, he needs to, he needs 10 wins out of that guy. And I, I, I think, to, I think to, the key to his pitching, as you just talked about is, uh, one, Sonny Gray staying healthy, and number two, Zach Eflin is, is going to be the key. Yeah, and remember, he's got Alex Baum. He's going to bring up day one. Yeah, I mean, he's just add, you know adding, yeah, adding any more um, offensive power. I, I don't know who he's going to drop there. Um, uh, probably Chisel because his lineup, yeah. his, his yeah. lineup is, so, is so good. I mean, that that that's a player most people would want on their uh, active, and that's a nice problem to have. Yeah, it is. It is nice, and uh, and Baum. Bombson Planet has had a pretty good spring, and I, I think he's the real deal. I, I, I think he's okay. he's going to be a really solid Major League Baseball player. He he does a good job. He's pretty consistent at the plate. He doesn't strike out a lot. Not that anybody cares anymore. It's just me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> other than that, I, I, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be fine. Um, yeah. So you know, and and the first month is always crazy. You know, you got guys the the Major league players or managers are trying to figure out their back end of the bullpen. They're trying to figure out four and five starters. Um, they're trying to figure out, you know, where they have four outfielders in three positions, and they're trying to figure out who's going to get the most at bat. So, you know, all the kinks, you know, April, all the kinks work out, and then May is really when, um, you know, you get a feel of who's going to play every day. I, I would agree with that. Hey, can we can we take a look at your team for a second? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, it looks like uh, it looks like you were pretty conservative in terms of the amounts, uh, the amount of money that you were spending. Uh, you, the most you spent was for Eugenio Suarez at, at three dollars and twenty five cents. Was was that intentional, or is that just how the draft uh, fell to you? Um, I think it was kind of how it fell. I, I mean, I spent two thirty on Wheeler. I spent two thirty on Blackman and then two twenty on Goldschmidt, um, and then right afterward, I think I spent three twenty five on 
Suarez. Uh, it's probably a little more than I wanted to spend on him. I think he, I think he's got one more year in him. Um, he's playing shortstop, you know. He moved him to shortstop. Uh, yeah. So I I feel like those guys are are pretty solid. If I, if I can get one more year pr- productivity out of those offensive players, I think I'll be all right. And then um, this guy Alex Dickerson from San Francisco, I I like him. Um, I, I think I got him at a pretty good price. I think he could play. Um, and then you remember I had Mustakis for fifty cents, um, and I'm gonna try to squeeze one more year at Eduardo Escobar. Uh, mm-hmm. I got him for fifty cents, and so um, I, I think my starting pitching, my my top four, I spent normally at two dollars for Hendricks, two thirty for Wheeler, dollar fifty for Maley, and dollar forty for Carlos Martinez, and. Yeah, and I spent two seventy five on Edwin Diaz too. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a traditional closer person, and I think he has the talent to do it. I had him the year he came over from the Mets, and I think Seth Lugo was closing games by the end of that year. Um, but I, I, I think he's had a pretty good spring, and and they're going to stick him back out there, and the Mets are going to be pretty good. So you know, if I can if I can get one more year out of that guy being productive, I I, I think I'll be all right. All right. I mean, that, that kind of makes sense to me. I, I want to say for closers, that was probably um, the closer that went for the most amount of money at $2.75. Um, and, and you do have Hector Naris to ba- kind of balance that out. Um, I, I'd like the pickup of Logan Webb for a nickel um, toward the end of the draft. Yeah, and he, he's going to be the third starter out in San Francisco. So, you know, um, maybe I can get some wins out of him. I don't think Giants will be that bad. Probably five hundred, right? Hovering around there. That's I don't fair. know. Um, and then uh, that Tony Godsolin, uh for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a lot of starting pitchers that they'll use, like May, right? Urias. They'll use those guys throughout the year because Kershaw will miss some starts. David Price will miss starts. Um, yeah. So and he's a good pitcher. You know, he's he's effective. So hopefully, runs into maybe some six, seven inning. Uh, wins as well where he comes in in relief you know what i what i want you to do is um y- your reserve was really interesting reserve round because you went uh clevenger greater all Gratterall, um welker um gorman who may or may not be playing this year uh let's see who else you picked up toward the end there you got libertor from the uh, libertor from the cardinals what were, what were your tell me some of your thoughts in the reserve round right so you look at clevenger Gorman, um, Paven Smith, Libertor, yeah, O'Neill Cruz, and then Dakota Hudson. Um, so I always look at those guys as trade fodder. So if I'm in okay. a, if I'm in a deal and I throw in, hey, you can have Dakota Hudson as an oyster. He he'll be back next year after Tommy John. He'll have 18 months, right? Because he got hurt in September, right? Yep. Yeah. So he so he's got this September's a year. By next, you know, March it's almost eighteen months. So, you know, I throw a guy like that in the deal. I feel like I can close it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I picked up Almora, who I think will play. Paven Smith, I think, made the roster as of today. Uh, the guy from Arizona. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Doolittle, I I I picked up in case. Sims and and Amir Garrett, who aren't traditional closers, kind of falter. Uh, Doolittle has done that job in the past, and then uh, this guy Paul Campbell from Miami, he he made the roster as well. 
Okay. And, and I think Trevor so Rogers did. Trevor Rogers made the roster with San Francisco, I think. Okay. He's a pitcher. So, so you don't think you don't think you handicapped yourself? I mean, you went the full twelve. Um, you didn't have any fab spots in your reserve. So you, you got four. You got four players that probably um, aren't going to may not see um, any action this year in Clevenger, Gorman, uh, Hudson, and Libertor. Um, so that leaves you with, with, with eight. I guess you're going to work with those eight um, and move players in and out of, of FAB as you see fit if you need uh, any changes to your roster. Yeah, I mean, I got some guys on my active roster that I can move in. Like, I'm not sure I'm I'm going to keep. I'm not sure if I'm going to okay. keep LaCastro. Um, like I said it earlier, I, 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 I'm – I offered Jonathan India to, to Tom for Azan Diaz. I might not keep Azan Diaz if he doesn't play. You know, so I, I have about – I probably have 10 spots. Wade Miley. I probably have some 10 spots to work with. Okay. All right. So so here's what was interesting, right? Because I was a big advocate. If you remember um, when we had the winter meetings, I was a big advocate of reducing the reserve from 12 to, to 8. And um, – Here's what's interesting. Do you, do you know how many um, reserve players were actually taken in this 120 um, reserve round player reserve round? Well, 80. Uh, there's 80 spots, right? Or no? 120. There's a hun- 120 spots. Oh, 120, 120 spots. Uh, I'm gonna guess 80. <laughs> uh, there was there was 89, 90 spots. Okay. And 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 my point was is that we should only have eight. And, and so we're still around that eight, nine mark. So I, I, I don't know what we've gained by adding those extra three reserve spots. So, you know, I'm going to continue to push next year. This could be the, the dimes of the 21st century, if you will. But uh, I, I'd like to see a reduction in reserve spots to, to make, you know, fab that much more interesting. We'll see. This will be an ongoing, uh, ongoing thing throughout the year. Yeah, um, I, I I think next February th- there's going to be some some rule changes brought up that is going to have some impact. Whether they pass right. or not, I don't know, because if <laughs> if people can't follow this oyster rule, which I typed up and I know half of my ended up in the trash can after I gave them to you. Um, um I I thought I had lost mine, but I still have it right here. It, it's going on to it's going on to the uh, the Bush League website once it's developed. It's like the syllabus, man. I don't care if you read it, but you're held accountable to it. <laughs> right? Is there any fine print on it? <laughs> no. No, it's all, all 15, okay. 15 times new Romans. Oh. Everybody can read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, coming out of the gate, you think Bob Kirk, is it's his to lose. I, I, I do because I'm never going to say that I think my team is the team to beat, um, although um, day two after the draft, um, I'm feeling a little bit better. I, my team will be as, as good as my pitching can take it. And right now, I am pitching poor. Um, if you look at it, it looks it's, – it's bad. But, you know, one of the things we had talked about with, with Bill before is that when you look at FAB, you, you, it's hard to find any significant offensive players in, in FAB. But I, I think you can always find pitching. Um, it, it's just such um, – it's such a game of whack-a-mole, if you will, in, in pitching. And I prefer—I really didn't want to go down that path when I started with Kershaw. I, I, I tried to get, you know, we talked about Hector, uh, excuse me, Carlos Carrasco. Um, and I was outbid by, by Casey. Um, you outbid me on Carlos Martinez. In retrospect, I wish I would have gone, you know, 10, 15 cents more in each one of these players. But I didn't. And this is what happens. 
Well, sometimes the, the best player you pick is the one you don't pick, right? Well, I, I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, the best trade you ever made is the one you didn't. So, uh, okay. So, uh, we got baseball starts Thursday, April 1st. Correct. Are you going to be watching most of the games from uh, from basically, what, 1 o'clock through uh, midnight? Uh, I will be at work. But maybe the TV will be on. I don't know yet. Depends what maybe. I like. Yeah, prob- probably not, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not going to get any work done because you know I'm going to be texting you all day. And you, I, you don't know my setup down here. I have two I have two TVs that I can see at the same time. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I can wait, have so, so wait, but you, you have two TVs. So, so like – Tell me what you're what you're watching on on those two. Are you watching baseball on ESPN or what? Tell, well, tell me how that works. I can have the MLB channel on one side. I can have the ESPN on the other, and I can watch the games. That's how I watch the playoff games. You know, last year. I got you. I, okay, I got you. Yep. M- MLB channel versus yeah. MLB TV. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're right. They they probably ESPN will have some games. MLB will have some games. I guess. The Phillies will also be on, right? Yeah. Um, so you'll get the local feed there. All right, I got you. Yeah, so I'll, I may have to keep with sound down just in case anybody calls, but, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> hey, there's a mute button for that. <laughs> yeah, but it gets too confusing. I got two different remotes going. I don't want to I don't want to get screwed up. There's a lot of pressure when you're, when you're muting stuff. Um, but, you know, actually what I'm looking forward to, and i got to track this, but I'm looking forward to uh, Johnny Cueto's first start. <laughs> he – He's probably going to be Sunday or Monday. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I, I think he's going to be the, the, the new Bush League darling. Um, we're going to follow him throughout the season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, okay. So, the other thing, too, <clears throat> is I set the fab for okay. Saturday night into Sunday morning. I think it runs at Sunday at 2 a.m. So, you got to have it in by midnight Saturday. Yeah, let's hope, um, you know, last year was yeah. a tough year for, for everybody, and CBS struggled with, with FAB, I think, the first two weeks. Um, I don't think we've experienced problems in previous seasons. So now that hopefully baseball is back to a, quote, normal schedule, um, so will CBS, because um, they've done a pretty good job in the past, and hopefully FAB will, will run fine. Are, are you looking at any potential FAB picks? Not that you want to reveal those. Um, uh, yeah, I, I started looking, yeah, to see okay. who was Oh, that's there. right, you did say that you might not keep Hassan uh, yeah. Diaz, should that trade go through. Yeah, I, I I mean, I'll give it a week to see if he's going to play a little bit, but yeah, I, I've I've looked. You're right, there's not much out there in the um, in the offensive side, I can tell you that. Have, have you looked? Like, who I you... have. Okay. I have. So, so Gerardo Parra is the number one offensive player rated player on cbs left wait he's he's he, is he still in, in major league baseball says he's with washington wow okay we'll see that's that yeah. by me i didn't even know that and it was were you a little surprised about johan camargo not making the roster yes absolutely yeah yeah i i was a little surprised about that yeah um, I saw your man. I, I, I'm looking out here on reserve players, and oof, wow! I I don't know what what really would interest me. 
I, you know what I missed on? I was going to take a flyer on Ryan Braun that maybe he'd get pick up, picked up somewhere. Yeah, that's a good yeah, – that was good. Round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a lot out here. Um, I, I'm, I'm scrolling through. I, I see your guy uh, – I don't know how to pronounce his last name. You know the way I am. Noga Whiskey? John Noga Whiskey? Oh, oh, for the Cardinals. Yeah. He made the roster? Yeah. Yes, he did. Okay. What's he? He's a backup first baseman. Yes. Yep. And they're going to be playing him in in, in the outfield. But I, I don't know how many starts he's going to get. Um, the Cardinals are going to move uh, Dylan Carlson to center field, and I think they're going to try out. Well, they're going to have uh, Tyler O'Neill in left, and I think they're going to give the majority of starts in right to uh, Justin Williams. Okay. Yeah. All right. And kind of see but how that you know, shakes that, out. That, that, that's difficult because, you know, once again, the Cardinals, I, I, I guess they're going to try and move Bader up this year in in, um, in the lineup. But last year, their outfielders were hitting seven, eight, nine. That's, that's not really a winning strategy. It's not. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's not a winning strategy. I'm looking at the pitchers, the best pitcher out there. Again, this is CBS rank, uh, is Brett Anderson from Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, he's pretty middle of the road type guy uh, he, he doesn't excite uh, honestly doesn't excite me doesn't yeah. do much uh what about chad cool we you know we we drafted all those players and 120 reserve selections we missed out on pirates opening day starter it, it, wait he's he's gonna be the opening day starter yeah because the other guy got hurt the little brault yeah. oh i did not know that wow yeah he's the opening day starter for the buckos you know, um, my, my sense is, well, what, only one Pirates starting pitcher went in the in, in draft? My sense is that Chad Cool will be picked up somewhere um, during the season. Yeah, I think it was uh, – actually, Bob Kirk was making me laugh. It was J.T. Brubaker, Basura Bulls picked him up. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Bob Kirk kept calling him Brubes. Oh, we drafted Brubes. <laughs> like, you live <laughs> that guy can walk in here and hit you over the head with a club. You wouldn't know who that guy was. <laughs> <laughs> Broobs. But there were people bidding on him because he went for 35 cents unless Bob Freeze just cashed out and went <laughs> at 35 cents. He paid almost, he paid more than double than he would have for Johnny Cueto. Cueto only, was only 15 cents. So. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's some bad pitchers out here, man. Like, Brett Anderson actually looks good when you're when you're scrolling through. You got Chad Cool, uh, Joey Lucchese. Yeah. Um, I was looking at him in the reserve round. Well, you know what? All it takes is for Chad Cool to throw six innings of three-hit shutout baseball, and, man, he will zoom up the fab chart. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy I, I always thought was going to be good, but he never was. I always picked him in the reserve and says Austin Voth, and he, that guy stinks. He's not going to do it. Say again? Austin Voth for Washington. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Brault's out till June 10th. Oof. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, really not a lot out here uh, unless you dig deep and, and kind of take some flyers. What, what are you setting the over and under um, for the Pirates? Oh, I, I think it's probably got to be 100. Okay, you're, you're looking losses? Yeah, losses. yeah. You think yeah. It's gonna, they're going to crack the century mark? I, I, I think them and the Rockies are going to push that number, yeah. Uh, those would be the two teams. Remember, we we have a, a, a very small wager between who's going to be the worst team, the Tigers or the Pirates. You took uh, you took the Tigers. I took the Pirates. Yeah, 
I'm starting to rethink that now. Yeah, I, I hit you at a at, at a uh, at a weak moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, you got Vince Velasquez out here. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see how many how many uh, guys will be selected. And uh, my guess is th- this is off the record, and I'm not trying to persuade him in any way. But you know, Sam needs an outfielder. I think he's going to go with Matt Joyce. I think he's going to take that's a safe pick. I could put a buck in for him and get him. Matt Joyce. He made the Phillies roster. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, here, let me let me just take. If we're going to try and not influence, um, let me take a look at uh, what we have out here. Um, this is really exciting radio, isn't it? Um, we're, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about people's fat picks um, all year long. Um, wow! Wow! It's If you look at CBS, half, the first eight or ten players are either minor leaguers with some credentials that, um, you know, when they come up, they'll go big. Um, did Travis Swaggerty make the opening day roster for the Pirates? Uh, I can't find him. Okay. You know, maybe I take a chance. Maybe I take a chance on him. Are you looking at the? Are you looking at outfielders only? Yeah, just looking out for outfielders. On CBS? Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm saying. Um, I'm. I'm saying. You know, possibly Travis Swaggerty that he might take. Um, who knows? What, what? What do we know? Right? Yeah. If, if he if he wants to deal, um, you know, I got some extra offense if he's if he has some pitching. Um, now you know what? I don't even see Swaggerty on the 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 roster here. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't see him on CBS. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, see I don't. Him. I see him. I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be um, in in Sam's shoes on that. That's it's going to be tough for the outfield. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll get someone in there until he can figure it out. I mean, he just needs someone in there now. I guess one at bats better than no at bats. Well, I guess if he do anything, it would be at bat. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, what about Odubel Herrera? He was he was selected. He was all right. Look, yeah. look at me. Yep, he was selected. It, was that before or after Johnny Cueto? It it was before and after. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well done. Well played. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. We'll uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what Sam does. And uh, yeah, there's not there's not <clears throat> there's not many options though. No, but I mean, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, there, there's some guys who who might play um, on a half regular basis, but, but yeah, we'll see. All right, um, so we went over that. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll start the fab. Everybody, be patient if it doesn't work right away. Don't be flipping out. We'll work it out. Um, I put in the trade option for Tom Freeze. If he wants India, he can have him. If he doesn't. You know, whatever. I'll just move on. Um, and how did you send it to Tom? Did you send it via text, email, or just through the system, uh, through the CBS website? I sent a wolf. <laughs> Very nice. There's a nice office reference. 
Oh, okay. He got back with me. He he uh, declined. Oh, okay. Wow. You guys are both noble gentlemen here. Yep. He said, I'm satisfied with the offer, but respectfully decline. I lo- no longer have a complaint. So. <laughs> there you go, boys and girls. Wow. There's a lesson. Okay. Well, yeah, there, it is. And I'm going to quickly revoke that trade in case he changes his mind. <laughs> How do I revoke it? All right, well, you, you did what you could do. How do I revoke it? There should be. There should be a, a, a revoke on, on the website. Yeah, I can't figure it out. Well, that's what I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon figuring this out. There you go. Good thing it's your, uh, oh, you your day off. I withdrew it. Right. As soon as I read that, I withdrew it. All right, that makes me feel right. better. Yeah. Um, just real quick. Um, yeah. Uh, today uh, is actually yesterday in baseball history. Uh, it was the – I'm trying to do the math in my head. Remember we talked about this with the, with the math and the ages and stuff? So 1985, how many years ago was that? Uh, 36. 36 years ago was the anniversary of it's the uh, SI cover of Sid Finch. Yeah, um, I never, I don't, I don't think I was a, a Sports Illustrated reader um, at at that time. Um, but it got some helium, didn't it? It did. It, you know, it's, it was the article written by George Plimpton. Sid Finch was the guy from the, you know, Andes that pitched with with one shoe and a boot, and he was with the Mets. And the the Mets did a really good job in spring training. They had a they had a cage, a pitching cage, but they had tarp around it, so no one could see in there. Um, yeah, the, uh, it was a long article about the Mets found this this pitcher um, out of nowhere, and at the end, I, I guess what the the first letter of every word of a beginning of a sentence spelled out April Fools mm, in the article. Nice. So yeah, it, I, I I remember that as a kid. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And then uh, Dick Allen retired uh, this day in 1978. Yeah, we talked about Dick Allen um, previously um, when, when he had passed, and you know he was kind of a, a, a player and a character, more so a character before his time, because I think um, he would have been um, embraced um, in today's day and age, um, not so much back then, and I, I think he was un, unfortunately he was maligned for that. Yeah, he was definitely. Uh, yeah, if he he played in today's world, I, I think. He, he would have been looked at, treated a little differently. Uh, I did enjoy uh, seeing highlights of him. I, I don't remember him. Well, I remember him playing with the Phillies, but that was at the end of his career in 76. And I think because he came back to the Phillies in 76. But he did win Rook of the Year in 64. Uh, that was the Phillies' collapse year. Um, and then 1972 yes. with the White Sox. Won the MVP. So, yeah. I think they referred to that team as the Southside Hitmen. You know, speaking of the White Sox, um, it's unfortunate that they lost uh, Eloy Jimenez um, for a good part of the season. But they're going to be an exciting team to watch. And if if you want another exciting team, remember we we talked about last year. We said, hey, the exciting team to watch in 2020 was going to be the Padres. And I think we hit on that one. You ready for my pick for this year? Because I'm going to give you a little bit of time for your pick. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the team to watch, even though they made the playoffs, Last year, I'm kind of discounting it. The team that's going to be fun to watch this year are the Toronto Blue Jays. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, because of the uh, all the guys that they added, and they it seemed they worked out their pitching. All right. I see where you're going with that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't know a lot about them other than because you know playing in the junior circuit. I don't really follow them, but I I know that they're they're a pretty solid club with a lot of young guys. Uh, they added George Springer this year, right? They did. They're the ones that have uh, Vladimir Guerrero's son, Dante Pichette's son, and Craig Biggio's son. They 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 do, and they added uh, Marcus Simeon, um, all star from from the A's this year. And, um, yeah, they just look like they have a nice, long um, lineup. Um, an up-and-coming prospect, uh, Alejandro Kirk, I think he's, like, what, 5'8", 265 or something like that? Yeah, but the, yeah. the guy can just put the, put the bat on the ball. And if their pitching can come around, um, and here's, here's an old Bush League favorite. If Robbie Ray can, can actually uh, gain some control, um, they might have a, might have a decent team. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win. They're, not, they're, they're probably going to finish second to the Yankees. But I think they should be as exciting. Not, not as exciting as the White Sox. Uh, speaking about Marcus Simeon, he was drafted in our annual Bush League draft. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I don't you think know, he is who knows? Uh, so, I, yeah, okay, I, I see where you're going with, uh, with the Blue Jays. Uh, as much as you're – and uh, I'm, I'm trying to look at a National League team that I think is, is on the turn uh, – if if they can keep their pitching together, I think the Mets are going to be better than people think. I think they got a well, pretty good offense. Tell tell me what people are thinking because I I, I got to think that they're they're just behind the uh, the Braves. If I had to predict, I I would say that they're they would finish second to, to the Braves. Yeah, finishing second in National League East isn't like a big deal <laughs> because. I think they're going to beat up on the Phillies. I don't know if the Marlins could sustain over six months, and the Nationals will be good at times and not so good at times. So I, I, I think I, I mean I think they're going to make the playoffs and maybe make some noise. I, I think I think they got a decent club, as much as I hate it. I I agree with that. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Yeah. It, it, you know their pitching's not got to be stable. I mean you know you you never know what you're going to get. Um, but I I think they got some. Good offensive players who put the ball in play. Uh, you got Alonzo who can put the ball out. You got Conforto who can put the ball out occasionally, and um, you know, they get a good year at a, at a Davis. And then you got Ad Lindor. Uh, you add James McCann. And yeah, I think they got a good offensive club. If if Edward Diaz can keep it together, man, it can close games. They're they're going to win a lot of close games. So that's that's a really good point. If yeah. they get Carrasco back in in, in the rotation yeah. by you know end of April, it, it, it's yeah, it's. It's a decent team, and you know, uh, I think with a new owner, they won't be afraid to pick up some pieces along the way. Yeah, no, um, yeah. So I, I, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna do well. I, I I'm kind of, I know, I'm, I'm not using any quantitative analysis, but I don't think the Dodgers are gonna be as good as, as they were the past couple of years. It's very hard to sustain that hundred win season. Um, I, I just I, I think they're probably going to win the division, but I, I think uh, I think San Diego is going to give them a run for the money. Well, uh, yes, and and the the fact that you play the Padres nineteen times during the season and the Padres have gotten that much better, you're, you're probably right. They won't may not be a hundred win team, but they're going to be a pretty darn good team and almost a lock to make the playoffs. 
Oh, lock to make the playoffs. Yeah, but I, I don't think they're going to go to the World Series. I, I think the Padres will will uh, will figure it out this year. It, you know, it it's always difficult to play teams that are hungry. You, you know what I mean? It's just really difficult. Yeah. And when, when you – I mean, Kershaw's been on that Dodger team that's won 100 games, like, what, four of the last five years? And they've been favored <laughs> to win the World Forever. Series for the last five or six years. And they, they only won one in a shortened season. Um yeah, I, I think the Padres are, are kind of turning the corner. The the other team I like, I, I think they got one more year in them, and I know you're not going to like it, is the Astros. Um, this is probably their last year, right? Yeah, they got. And, I think they uh, got one more year. Yeah, yeah, they got they got a lot of free agents coming up, so um, we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll see what uh, what happens here. Um, it should also be interesting to see with fans now back in the stands. Uh, I guess it happened a little bit during the playoffs last year, but how they're going to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd be interested in seeing that too. And I, I don't know if they play the, I'm sure they play the Dodgers again this year. Remember the last time when Joe Kelly threw it over Marisa or Bregman's head? I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, what, what are you going to walk off with today? Well, um, you know, if um, if we had a closing song that we were allowed to play, um, I, I think it would be the Beatles' "Long and Winding Road" because, um, you know, now the, the the draft is set. I mean, we still have some some fab work to do throughout the season, but now we get to uh, get to enjoy and struggle and you know share the angst of a six month uh, baseball season. So. I'm just anxious for the season to to get underway and get back to uh, something a little bit normal. Yeah, um, I, I'm walking off with today. And we we spoke a little bit off off air. Uh, I listened to a podcast called Freakonomics occasionally. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I was listening to episode. I'm pulling it up now. Episode four five five. It was uh, March seventeenth. It's titled "Are You Ready for a Fresh Start?" And it was talking about, you know. During the in the pandemic time, about you know, you have to reset psychologically sometimes. You know, like I don't go out to dinner every Friday, or I don't have traditional uh, holiday gatherings, right? So you have to reset. And they talked about forced fresh starts, forced resets. And uh, I can't remember the the woman's name. She's a I think she's an economist who studied Major League Baseball trades. And she collected data from 75 to 2014, which is a boatload of trades. And she wanted to analyze about forced reset. And what she came up with is that trades within the league, like American League team to an American League team or National League team to a National League team, there doesn't seem to be a lot of change. And it has to do with baseball's quirky, you know, culture is that when you know when you get traded from the American League team to the National League team, your stats reset. Everything goes back to zero. Yep. So what she found through all the data that she collected was that <clears throat> players who got traded cross leagues, if they were doing well prior to the trade, they either maintained or dropped. If they were doing poorly prior to the trade, got traded cross leagues, they did. Uh, statistically better. Um, when I say that, what, what do you? What comes to mind when I 
what I initially said. Um, uh, I, I think it's probably well. First of all, I've heard the podcast, so so I kind of know. But mm-hmm. I, I would kind of believe that 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 there's some truth in being able to reset and doing better after after you after you switch. Yeah. So I, I pulled up five guys that I've gotten um, mid-season across leagues. So the the one was uh, 2017 J.D. Martinez. He was having a pretty good year, hitting 305 with the Tigers. Over a one OPS, 16 homers, 39 RBIs, which is pretty good, 57 games. Jamie, he came over, he played 62 games with the Diamondbacks. He hit 29 home runs and 65 RBIs. (laughs) Is that good? Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. I I had Eduardo Escobar, who who was playing average. uh, Actually, he was playing pretty well. With the Twins, he came over. He did not perform uh, up to standards. All his all his uh, stats dropped. That I looked at 2000, uh, 2000 Manny Ramirez with in two thousand eight when I picked him up. Actually, I made a trade for him when from Boston to L.A. He in fifty three games with the Dodgers two thousand eight. He hit three ninety six. Yeah, so that is a pretty good clip. So maybe she's – I mean, I looked at five players, and for the most part, it's holding true. Uh, and Emma Stockis in 18 to 19, um, he performed a little better. So I don't know. If you like stuff like that, uh, Freakonomics is a great podcast, easy to listen to. And Bob Bob Kirk talks about – he listens to our podcast on 1.5 speed. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard him say that. Well, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts on 1.5. Um, I don't listen to ours at 1.5 because I can't stand listening to myself. Um, it's even worse when it's at 1.5. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do that. But in, in terms of going back to free, free economics, uh, I, I think they have the ability. They have some really, really smart people on that podcast, and they do a really good job at distilling information. So – Somebody like me can somewhat understand what they're talking about, and I, I think I think it's really well done. It's 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 my favorite podcast. Well, outside of our podcast, it's my favorite podcast. Yeah, and I think Bob Tewksbury was on there too. Yes, yeah. he was. He was. Yeah. Hey, just real quick, uh, I looked it up. Um, Houston will be in Los Angeles. The Astros will play the Dodgers on August third and August fourth. Oh, good. So make sure we yeah. tune in for that game. Mark your calendars. Um, yeah, and uh, I just looked it up, uh, this right here, and it looks like uh, Johnny Cueto will be the fourth starter in the rotation in, for the Giants. So that probably nice. be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Sunday-ish? Um, possibly. There's there's some off days off in there, days, so yeah. it's probably Sunday, Monday. Yeah. All right. So just keep an eye out for that, too. Must must watch TV. Well, we'll, we'll be texting everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll keep them updated on the Johnny Cueto watch. Okay. Okay. All right, champ. You got anything else? That's all, Chief. Enjoy opening day. All right, buddy. Talk to you next week. All right.